Welcome to Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing sleep and neurodegenerative diseases. Joining me is Dr. Ronil Malkani. He's an assistant professor of neurology at Northwestern Medicine. Dr. Malkani, it's a pleasure to have you join us. Tell us a little bit about your role at Northwestern Medicine. I'm a neurologist and a sleep specialist and also a movement disorder specialist at Northwestern Medicine. My primary place here at Northwestern is in the Department of Neurology in Sleep Medicine. I direct a specialized sleep clinic in sleep and circadian rhythms in patients with neurodegenerative disease, such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, and dementia with Lewy bodies. Well, thank you for telling us about that. And you recently published findings in the European Journal of Neuroscience regarding circadian rhythm disruptions role in neurodegenerative disease. Tell us about the background of your work and share your findings with us, if you would. So thank you for bringing up that paper. So in that particular paper, my colleagues and I reviewed the role of circadian rhythm function in health and disease, and in particular, we highlighted the relationship between circadian rhythms in their role and when they go wrong in people with Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. So tell you a little bit about what are circadian rhythms. Circadian rhythms exist throughout the body. There are rhythms in every organ system and there are rhythms to your melatonin levels, to various hormones, in your temperature, in metabolism, and also in sleep and wake. In fact, sleep and wake is probably the one that everyone thinks about the most because there's a rhythm to when you go to bed and when you wake up. And these are only a handful of the rhythms that exist in the body. These rhythms are all coordinated and synchronized in the brain, so they're all usually aligned. There are many lines of evidence that have shown that circadian rhythms can be altered in people with Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. These changes correlate with the sleep disruption and the daytime function because when the rhythms are not working appropriately or they're misaligned, then the function can be uh, not as good. So understanding the relationships to the circadian rhythms and sleep in these diseases is critical to understand the diseases and to help find new treatments so we can improve the function of the patient's and their quality of life. We also need this to improve the quality of life of the caregivers because especially when there are sleep problems, this impacts not just the patients, but the caregivers as well. More interestingly, there's been recent evidence implicating that circadian rhythm problems and sleep problems can occur even before the first symptoms of Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease, and that these problems may promote the neurodegenerative process and increase the risk for developing these diseases. This is why it's critical that if we can identify circadian rhythm and sleep disruption early and address that, perhaps we can even alter the course of these diseases. Wow, that's fascinating. And it makes such perfect sense. So as you're telling us, how circadian disruption promotes the development or can accelerate the progression of these neurodegenerative diseases you're talking about. What sleep disorders are you seeing that are most common among these individuals with these type of disorders? And why are we seeing those? There are many ways that 
sleep and circadian disruption can promote the neurodegenerative process. The most obvious way is through sleep and wake. So circadian rhythms and sleep and wake cycles are intricately linked. You cannot separate them. If you alter the circadian rhythm, you'll also disrupt the sleep. It's also well known that sleep disruption can affect your cognitive functions. You know, if you don't sleep well, you, it's harder to concentrate and focus the next day. Data over the past decade has shown that sleep disturbances also increase the risk of neurological disease, in particular Alzheimer's disease. So while awake, you have, your brain is active and uh, it's burning energy and you can get these metabolites that are not so good for accumulations. These are toxic metabolites. And while asleep, your body clears them out. And it's cleared through a part of the brain called a glymphatic system. When you're asleep, the system gets activated and your body clears out these metabolites. One of these metabolites is something called beta amyloid. That's the hallmark protein that accumulates in Alzheimer's disease. So if the sleep is disrupted, you can get greater accumulation of these metabolites and increased risk of, of normal formation and deposition of beta amyloid, which could predispose you to Alzheimer's disease. Another way that sleep problems can promote neurodegeneration is through sleep apnea. So sleep apnea increases the risk of many diseases, including high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and more recently it's been shown to be a risk factor for both Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia. One of the hallmarks of sleep apnea is the sleep disruption because the problems of the breathing cause frequent arousals. And these arousals could potentially affect the glymphatic system. Therefore, you can't clear these metabolites. But then also you get problems in your oxygen regulation and oxidative stress and inflammation, all of which can promote neurodegeneration. In terms of sleep disorders that we see in these people, there are many types. Some of them are also specific to certain types of diseases. The most common problem we see is insomnia, and we also see daytime sleepiness. These issues can occur because of other problems such as sleep apnea or having to go to the bathroom frequently at night to urinate, but also can occur because of disruption in the circadian rhythms or even in the sleep regulation process. An example here is in people with Parkinson's disease, they often have fragmented sleep. Part of that is because they have problems with the sleep regulation and circadian rhythms. They can also get problems in their autonomic system, which causes them to feel frequent urgency to urinate. And this can also occur at night, and they have to go to the bathroom frequently at night. And these frequent bathroom trips can be very disruptive to their sleep. When they wake up to go to the bathroom, it can be difficult to get back to sleep, which then further disrupts the sleep. In people with Alzheimer's disease, there's more prominent changes in the circadian rhythm, so they have reduced amplitudes and various rhythms. For example, they have less melatonin production, which normally rises in the night, falls in the morning, and they don't have the same rise in their melatonin. They also tend to spend more time indoors, they don't get, are not as active, and so their activity rhythms are also reduced. 
this reduction in their activity rhythms can also affect their sleep at night. So now they have more difficulty sleeping at night and more difficulty being active during the day. There are other types of sleep disorders that we see in these patients. For example, there's a condition called REM sleep behavior disorder. This occurs in about half of people with Parkinson's disease. So normally in REM sleep, which is the stage of sleep people typically have dreams, the body is normally paralyzed, except for eye movements and for breathing. This is advantageous because when you're dreaming about things, you, it wouldn't be safe for your body to actually do them. So your body needs to stay fairly paralyzed and fairly still so that you don't cause yourself any injuries. However, in people with REM behavior disorder, this normal paralysis stops working properly, and as a result, the person can actually act out the dreams that they're having. And this can lead to injuries to the, the bed partner and themselves. They can even jump out of the bed and injure themselves. The interesting thing about this disorder is that this can occur even before the first symptom of Parkinson's disease or dementia. And this tends to be linked more closely with Lewy body dementia rather than Alzheimer's disease, but this can occur well before the first symptom of either Lewy body dementia or Parkinson's disease by decades even. So these are patients in particular who are at risk for developing diseases and you know, understanding how this influences the risk of the disease and identifying ways that maybe we can even present, prevent the diseases is very important here. Well, it certainly is, and that was such a comprehensive answer. Dr. Malkani, tell us about the methods you're using to improve sleep and mitigate cognitive decline that's associated with neurodegeneration. How does your approach to treatment help alter this course? So unfortunately, there's no treatments that have been shown to actually alter the course of the disease. We need to understand the changes that happen, when they happen, and we need to look at the treatments that we use to help improve sleep and see if this will improve the course or the risk of developing these diseases. There just isn't the data available yet. But there are many treatments that we use to improve the sleep function in these patients. For example, the treatments that we use depend on the exact problems any particular patient is having. For example, if sleep apnea is present, then treatment for that can improve the daytime sleepiness, memory, insomnia. If they have problems with frequent nocturia at night, then we can use medications to help with that. If they have this REM sleep behavior disorder, we can help control the dream enactment. If there is insomnia, which is the most common problem we see, we prefer to use a combination of mild sleeping medications. And in particular, we like to use cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a group of non-medication strategies aimed at improving sleep. This particular group of strategies works extremely well to treat insomnia in general. And our goal here is to improve both the sleep function and the quality of life for the patient and their caregiver. For other providers that are interested in this topic, what's unique about what you're doing at Northwestern Medicine? Our sleep and neurodegenerative clinic is a program with particular expertise in this niche, which is not widely available. 
and it's not just myself, it's our whole nursing staff, it's our sleep laboratory where we have this expertise to evaluate and care for these patients. We have state-of-the-art evaluation tools, including sleep studies, actigraphy, melatonin sampling to evaluate these patients. We also have an active research program in sleep and aging in neurodegenerative disease so that we can help understand these diseases better and find new treatments. So as we wrap up, what conclusions would you like other providers to take away from this segment and your studies? I think the most important things for providers to know is that sleep problems are very common in patients with neurodegenerative disease and that it is a big factor in their quality of life and the quality of life of their caregivers. These problems can be treated. These sleep problems can also predispose to neurodegenerative disease, so we need to identify sleep problems early on. But because these can be very complicated and problems can relate to each other, such as daytime sleepiness and insomnia can be related to each other. And then there's also their neurological disease that needs to be addressed. It can take time and particular expertises to determine the best course of evaluation and treatment for these patients. We have a clinic just for this. So our specialized sleep and neurodegeneration clinic is available to help with these patients. What great information. Such a fascinating topic, Dr. Malkani. It really does seem to fit together neurodegenerative diseases and sleep issues. Thank you for joining us and speaking about your studies and the clinic. That concludes this episode of Better Edge, a Northwestern Medicine podcast for physicians. To refer your patient or for more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit our website at nm.org or call us at 312 695-7950 to get connected with one of our providers. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Northwestern Medicine podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.